Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Coming to you directly from one of the largest companies in the world now called Zoom. <laughs> I'm Thanks Heidi. The, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, I, I got this woman on the podcast with me tonight. She's name her name is Haley Swap. <laughs> close, close. Close, Haley, Heidi. Well, I feel like I mean, I I feel like I barely even know you. It's been so long since I've seen you, Heidi. I know. We've really done a good job at social. We we've we've really done a good job at flattening the curve. I almost feel like you're waiting for a reason not to go to the studio <laughs> and, and, and sit in the same room with me. And I'm, I'm starting to get suspicious now. She's doing the social distancing thing a little too well. I'm, I'm really holding the line on these guys, you guys. Yeah. She's like, you know, after the social distancing, I think we should really continue this Zoom experiment for another year. Let's forever. Let's just not. No, I, I like hanging out with you guys. What do you mean? I know. Good. And, you know, and, and we like to be able to talk, as you guys know, because we talk every week, whether you want us to or not. And in our discussions, um, it, it helps us to have people that happen to have challenges and struggles um, to uh, talk about those different types of things, hoping that we can give you some sort of ideas and information. So I want to remind all of our listeners out there, please send in your questions. Um, we haven't uh, answered questions in the past week or so, but as we get questions, we'd be happy to answer some of those questions for you guys. And also, too, we'd like to thank our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS, that continues to make everything that we do possible. And if we need cool jo- jackets to wear, they make us jackets, not this jacket right now, but they, they, help, <laughs> us out. they help us out in a lot of ways. So um, I just want to jump right into it. Uh, for those of you who, who follow Heidi and follow any of our social media. Um, you probably saw yesterday a post um, that yesterday is Heidi's son, Corey's birthday. Corey would have been 21 years old. And not just by the simple fact that we miss Corey, but 21 is different. You know, we talked about this not too long ago. Like he's a man. Like this would this would be the birthday, right? Like he's like he's coming of age. And, you know, reflecting on, you know, the years since then, you know, we've had different conversations, um, but something happened and I did not have permission to bring this up in the podcast. So you guys, when we're in quarantine, if I'm far enough away from Heidi where she can't pull the plug, I just keep on talking. Um, if, if, if her, if her reception gets, you know, gets cut out and she drops the call, we'll know that that was not an accident. She just did not approve of the content I was sharing. I can't I hit him rather, from here, you guys. Exactly. I'd rather ask for permission <laughs> instead of forgiveness. So we started out this conversation before we started recording. And Heidi was like, I don't know if I want to talk about, you know, Corey, uh, at least not really. I, I don't know, because it's this is heavy and it, every year it happens. And I don't want to weigh people down with all of all the stuff I'm going through. But then she shared something that happened yesterday. And I said, you know, what? I know we don't have permission from this person to share it, but I would like to share it. And I know this person won't be mad because it's not, it's all, you know, it's all good, but I, I think it's helpful because right now you guys that are listening to this, 
chances are you have at least, you know, two kids, um, or at least are in charge of raising two kids. <laughs> they may not be your kids, but you're, 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 you're the one in charge of taking care of them, right? <laughs> so a lot of you that have multiple kids know that siblings, you know, sometimes they can be each other's best friends and sometimes they can be each other's worst enemies. It's and, the and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the ultimate and. Ultimate and they can, you know, they, they can help each other and they can try to bury each other in the backyard if you're not looking, right? Lock each other out of the house, whatever, you know, siblings are doing. And during this time, it's not getting, you know, much easier for families to, to get along. Well, some things happen uh, in relationships between siblings that, um, that really give them a, a solid, strong bond and relationship between the two of them. So, for example, uh, me and my sister, Nolani, she and I have a very strong relationship. When I was younger, uh, we didn't have a bad relationship. She was just a bigger sister picking on me, you know, but she was still the nicest ever in one of my family. Now, if we've gotten older, we've really got a relationship that we can look back at those times when I was younger years. We make sense of why she did, you know, why she treated me certain ways, why I acted certain ways. And we can it's water on the bridge. We now can look back on that. That was just what we went through. It's not who our relationship is today. But there are a lot of people that um, that have come across in my office throughout the years that didn't get to resurrect or didn't get to um, build that relationship with their sibling because their sibling had passed away. And that left a lot of unknowns and a lot of unfinished business. A couple occasions, not always, but one of the siblings that was left behind was the older sibling that felt in, in much part responsible for the younger sibling who passed away. Now I've never counseled an older sibling. It was that it was actually their fault while their younger sibling passed away, whether it be by suicide accident, however, how may, however they passed away. However, the feelings of an older child that their whole entire life has been told, get, get the diapers for your little sister, get this for your little brother, be a good example to your little sister, be example to your little brother. Every one of you out there that has raised a child, that has younger children, you're always telling the older children, be a, a representation of me, be an example to them because you have influence over them and you have the ability to touch them and affect them in ways that the parent just can't. There's just no way. You're involved in conversations. You're part of that team. You're part of the kid team. But the oldest siblings have a very unique relationship because they're not just the oldest sibling. They're kind of like half player, half coach. They are a child of the family, hence them being the player, but they've been such intricate part of the family's development because they were so, you know, one of the first original members of the family. In this case, you know, Heidi's son, Colton, you know, being the oldest of the family and, and the oldest son of the family. Now, I've had conversations with Colton in the past, and I've always been impressed by him in many ways as a young man. But there were certain conversations that, I just kind of knew we're just kind of off limits. And that conversation was his brother, Corey. And, and I, I respected that. I complete reverence for that because I get it. But, you know, Heidi being the mom and Eric being the dad, and this has happened with other families. They're sitting from the outside and they're wondering what's going on inside my child's head. And, you know, I want to cut to the chase. Yesterday, Colton had, uh, had posted something online. And we finally got a glimpse inside, inside of his mind. And I'm so glad that no one pushed him. I'm so glad that no one tried to say, hey, Colton, 
post something about your brother so everybody knows that we have a good family and it wasn't our fault that your brother died. You know, post about this so we can, like, because there's a lot of families for good reason that don't want the world to see their pain. They want everything to look like a spoonful of sugar and how they want everything to look like it's, it's going great. But Heidi, Eric, and their family, you know, not just following my suggestions, but also their own intuitions, they're going to have to let everyone grieve in their own way at their own time, however they choose. And I just want to comment on this because not only am I extraordinarily happy that Colton posted those things, but I'm extraordinarily proud of him because of, of what it took for him to do that. I know as an older brother, he carries a big burden. One that's not his to carry, but all oldest, you know, brothers or older sisters, you know, they're, they're going to carry this burden if they lose a sibling younger than them. Hence, because I've talked to enough of them and they all carry that burden. I've never talked to an older sibling that didn't feel like this pain inside them. Like, they feel much like a parent would feel, but they also feel what a sibling would feel. So they're feeling two things at once. And I, I just want to say that everyone out there that has the older children that are trying to figure out and sort out their lives. You all want your children to be able to be an example to the younger kids. But sometimes the best way of being an example is to make sure that you have your words chosen correctly and the time to express yourself so that when you do talk, you say what you really feel and what you want to express. I don't care if it took your son another five years to, to post what he posted today. It was perfect. It was sincere. It was genuine. And it was from him. And that's what I was most proud of. Because I can't imagine what he feels like, that burden. This was his little brother. Right? I was uh, meeting with a young woman just last week. Her, her sister didn't pass away, but um, her sister went on a date and was sexually assaulted on this date. And the sister feels responsible because the sister was the only one that knew her location, knew it was happening. She didn't know it was happening, but she was trying to communicate with her because that was her safety because she met this guy on Tinder. And long story short, she felt like I should have known. I should have interjected. I should have done something. And, and that survivor's remorse, that like, why didn't I do more is very, very real. Even for a girl like this, that her sister is still alive. It's it just, it's really complex. Well, oddly enough, this girl and her sister haven't even talked about the situation. They have a lot of feelings, but they're fortunate enough to have time to work that out in the future and to talk to each other about it in time. I, I really felt a lot of pain for, for Colton throughout the years. Cause I knew that because he didn't get that opportunity, there's only things that only him and Corey could say to each other that nobody else, he couldn't tell you, this is what he would have said to Corey. He couldn't tell anyone else. Like they had their own thing between the two of them. There was talks that they only had that no one else knew between the two of them that no one else could possibly understand. And so the reason why I wanted to bring this up and, and just kind of put this out there not just, I mean, partly to give Colton a lot of, just a lot of praise and a lot of credit, but also too, for everyone out there that has this worry for younger siblings that they have or younger kids, they have older kids that you're wanting them to be so much for the younger kids. 
to please remember that your younger kids have two roles that they're trying to play. I mean, your older kids have two roles that they're trying to play. They're trying to help the parents out like, like a good assistant manager be, but they're also trying to become their own person at the same time while also trying to help the younger siblings at the same time. I've, I would suggest that you take every opportunity you can to pull in the oldest kids of your family and to give them very specific things that you would like them to do that would work with their own personal attributes and characteristics. Some of you may have older siblings or may have older kids that you really want them to show that they're studying and be a good example during this quarantine to the younger ones. And a simple example, not for people that have had major tragedy, but for someone just listening to this as a good, just a basic example. The older child, instead of going to them and say, hey, be a good example to your own your sibling, you know, do your homework, do these things so that they'll want to do it too. Just simply go to them and say, hey, I know in the past I would have said that, but this time I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, do your homework when you want to do your homework. Do whatever you want to do, but just do me one small favor. Go up to your siblings and ask them every now and then just what they're doing. And if they'd care to share with you their homework or just talk about what they're working on, even if it's a small project, do that every now and then. Because what the younger younger kids in the family need is they need to know they do have an ear to the parents. They do need to know that they have someone that they can go to when they're not sure if they can go to mom and dad yet. They need to know that when life gets tough and they get older and mom and dad are long gone, that they're never alone and that they always have family with them. I can't tell you guys how much this comes up in my sessions. It came up today with the family. When we cut through all the stuff and and you really look at what your family is, it's a support system. We have a better capability of getting through this difficult life if we have more people that understand us because they're going to better support us and vice versa. The kids in your family, especially the older ones that may not be doing what you want them to do, and may not be the example that you want them to be, doesn't mean that they don't care about their siblings. Doesn't mean that they don't care about the family. It means that they need to be given a role that they feel like they're doing something to help the family. And I know your son is, has taken a great role in your business, Heidi. I mean, look, look what he's been doing for you and, and working in this past year or so. I mean, every time I see him, he's, he's working as you know what off, right? <laughs> I know he's asserted himself in so many ways, but I just want to publicly give him props because even though I'm not going to talk about anything that he said, whatever, I just know as a big brother to a little brother, that's very personal. And I could see why for a long time, he didn't want to say things public that was just between him and his brother. You know, I think that as, as a parent and, and any parent out there listening, I know that they'll agree with me that there's nothing that quite rips you up quite as much as when you're, when your kids are, are at each other's throats. And there's nothing quite that makes you feel quite as good as when your children are getting along. It is like the ultimate to, to have joy 
and and you know what we get them we get these little flickers of um them getting along and, and it doesn't last very long and so you have to find joy in even just the shortest amount but of I thought you were going to say that's why you have to record it when it happens <laughs> well you probably that's you probably should but you can't record for very long cuz you're going to catch like yeah name calling right there um you know I think that it's interesting um, that as much as siblings fight and um, get after each other and are mean to each other, they really do love each other. And, you know, I can remember when I was young in my family, so I'm the oldest daughter in my family, and man, we fought like cats and dogs. And I did not like my younger siblings. I didn't like them coming in my room. I didn't like them sitting by me. I didn't like them talking to me, you know, like, and yeah, I do remember those times when we could laugh and we could play. Um, interestingly enough, you know, what you were just saying um, is it strikes a certain chord with me because when I was 12 years old, um, my six-year-old brother died in an accident. Um, and I think I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast. Um, he passed away in a snow accident that happened just like a couple days right after Christmas. And, um, you know, you talk about this burden that you feel as as an oldest child. Um, and you do feel like that right hand, that right hand first assistant um, to the, to the mom and you get treated like you get treated different than all the other kids. Um, and you like you're a snitch. <laughs> well, you're no, you have you're to clean gonna tell all, mom and dad what I did. <laughs> you have to clean all three of the bathrooms and everybody yeah. else just has to like pick up 10 pieces of garbage or something stupid, you know, and you're like, wait, how's this? Fair? Yeah, it's unfair. But yeah. I had, you know, I was the babysitter of the house and I was the one that was, um, I was that second disciplinarian. I was the enforcer. Um, and when my little brother passed away, I, um, I felt horrible that I hadn't been kinder and I can remember vividly. And, and this is a, this is a tender memory, but, um, my little brother was on, uh, life support for three days after his accident and, um, in the ICU. And I remember the social worker taking me in, um, and I had had a conversation with her and we had talked about our relationship and I had expressed this extreme remorse that I, that I felt. And she gave me this opportunity to go in and, and tell him that I was sorry. And I remember asking for his forgiveness. Um, and you know, as you talk about what you just shared, um, I don't know if I've really thought about 
how I relate with Colton. Because it's this mix of needing to be the strong one and needing to back up your parents who are falling apart, <laughs> you know, and um, not you and Eric, but your parents. <laughs> Both probably. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I'm emotional, you guys. I it's been a day. It's been a couple days, but I appreciate what you said. But one of the things that was kind of interesting, and David has alluded here, is that both of my oldest kids um, posted on social media really profound messages very different types of messages but very profound messages and as I read these messages um they cause they they made me cry not because of the loss not because of the pain and not because of my own heartache but because of the connection that I feel with with my children in the screaming process and and in this weird like I didn't expect kind of way I'm thankful that they're able to to process and express and share um, their feelings because it's a relief to me it's a relief to me that um that those feelings are there and the grief is happening or, you know, the processing is in process um, and that we share that um, because, you know, contrary to what everybody believes or what you might think based on this podcast, we don't sit around my house and talk about our feelings. You know, we don't sit around and analyze what's gone on or, you know, talk about, the tools that Dave's trying to teach me or all the things that I'm learning, you know, I, um, I can validate. She does not talk about <laughs> this when she's not on the podcast, <laughs> but she should, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and so when you, when I, I don't know, time is a healer. And I've heard people say from the time, you know, from five years ago or almost five years ago, I've heard people say, you know, it never go, it never goes away. And um, even though there's a lot of things that have gotten easier, conversations gotten easier, I've gotten better talking about things. I um, I can look at pictures again. There's a lot of things that that are that are better, um, but the whole that exists has not gotten smaller it is no less impactful um on our lives and and it has changed our lives exponentially and continues to exponentially change our lives and i'm so thankful if there's anything that i'm thankful for it's that as a family unit, um, we're doing this together. 
And um, even though everybody's kind of at different levels and, and those grief processes and, and the things that we feel, the depths that we feel are different, um, we are in this together. You know, and during this pandemic, like during this whole thing that's been going on, every commercial that comes on and every, you know, you just keep hearing people say, we're in this together, we're in this together, you're not alone. And there is so much power in being in something hard together. And knowing that no matter what happens, you have you have each other. And we have been able to honor the places that we've each been in individually and the and the ways that it's been hard um, because different things have, have taken a different toll on each one of us. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget, David, a long time ago, like in the very beginning, you said to me, sorry, I'm, I sound all stuffed up now. It's the corona. Sorry. <laughs> um, I hope you don't have the corona. No, I, I just have the, you know, the allergies, those emotional al allergies that we're always talking about. Um, sorry. You all, you said an individual can go through anything as long as they don't have to do it alone. And there was something about knowing that my children individually and my husband are in the same place that I am, trying to muddle my way through um, healing, expressing, mourning, that gives me strength to know that I'm with these people in this journey. And that's what talking about it, that's what sharing about it in whatever way that it comes out, in whatever clunky, difficult way. And it might not be sitting down, holding hands, looking into each other's eyes, talking about our feelings. It might have to be on a social media post or, you know, a joke or shoes that don't get thrown away or showers that aren't had or you know, whatever that it is. Um, I'm thankful that I'm not doing this alone. And I am thankful for the role that each one of the individuals in my family is playing as we, as we navigate it, you know, because everybody's role is 100% different and 100% essential. And, and, and that's why I suggested with where everybody's at, you know, to, for all the listeners, for them to relate wherever your kids are at, you know, trying to find a role that they can play. So that they feel like they're contributing to the family. Um, you know, I, I did a call this past week on, um, it was a, is a health conference, like Facebook live kind of thing. They had a bunch of professionals on there talking about different things and they wanted me to talk about, um, you know, this kind of stuff. And so <laughs> this kind of stuff, kind of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> all this touching, this feeling and, stuff. Like, what do we do? Cause I mean, there's been a lot of, there's a lot of great suggestions out there, how to keep your kids entertained and stuff like that. So I, you know, we, we just, we just end up talking about, 
the importance of, you know, if you want to run a good family business, you don't want a bunch of employees just sitting around with no work. You want to give them a role to play and let your little smart aleck little kid who's always telling inappropriate jokes, tell them, hey, well, let's make you a better comedian. You're now in charge of comic relief. And that means it's your job to send memes, YouTube videos, um, each, you know, you can do a comedy stand-up thing, whatever. I get this one family at this kid he's literally doing comedy stand-up throughout the week he's in charge of memes and stuff like that now he does have an issue of being a little inappropriate so the good thing is now that we're telling him to do these things we say okay we like this one change a couple words so we can send it to everyone in the family you know okay? he's at that teenage age but if he thinks that he's being told to send memes he laughed he said this is the best chore i've ever had in my whole entire family they're telling me i have to send memes and send funny videos but he's doing it in a totally different way because he's been asked to do it. It's a role he can play now because we all need to laugh. Other kids are, are you know, um, they're a director of dessert management. Um, it's their job to pick a, a sweet or dessert for every, you know, at the end of each dinner throughout the week. Like people are getting pretty creative right now. And the point I'm saying is that when our older kids have a role to play, then they feel like they're doing something to benefit the family without having to feel like they are a parent. You don't want the older kids to take on the parent role because then they get set like a parent. They get stressed like a parent. And you're like, no, you want your older kids to be, you know, whatever their age is at that particular time. But if you give them a role, like I said, instead of saying you got to be a perfect example of doing your homework in front of your siblings all the time, you don't have to be a perfect example. But I want you to go ask them what they're doing. Maybe say, hey, you know, tell them if they needed any help or anything, you'd be happy to help them out. Sometimes just telling someone you would help them is you don't need, sometimes people don't need help. They just need to know someone's willing to help them if they did give your kids a role, specifically the oldest ones. And as it trickles down the rest of the family, you know, look for roles that you can give everyone in the family right now so that they feel like they can do something to contribute. And by the way, roles, roles that they actually wouldn't mind doing. And these are outside of chores. I'm not talking about chores. This is something that you can give your kids that they all feel like they're doing something to benefit the betterment of the family. Well, and we all need, (laughs) we all need that somebody to be cruise director. Who's going to pick the movies? Who's going (laughs) to, who's going to spearhead the uh, healthy food consumption? (laughs) That's what we need over here. Well, that one family, this one girl, she's, I want to be director of snack management because my mom goes to the store and buys crappy snacks. So the mom was like, okay, I'll let you do it. So now the daughter's picking out the snacks. Turns out the kids are eating more of the snacks. The mom let go of, why don't you like my snacks to whatever. Just like, as long as you're eating them and they're healthy. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like it just, but the daughter, she's like, I want to be in charge of snacks. It was a funny thing, but it turned out to be something where, hey, at least she knows now that she's doing something. And the parents like, hey, I don't have to do everything. Hey, what's up? <laughs> we weren't We weren't talking about you, but we can if you like. He says we weren't talking about you, but we can if you want us to. Please always talk about me. Are you kidding me? I give you most of your information. <laughs> She's giving us our content. She's I give you boy. guys all the content. <laughs> and I think I don't. Well, that's You're a welcome. good thing. I'm your bills. That's <laughs> doing Zoom calls. We can be interrupted by beautiful people such as yourself. I'm glad that we have time to read this. <laughs> he I says said, he's happy. Good. I said... I said, that's the good thing about Zoom calls, that we can be interrupted by beautiful people such as yourself. 
I think we also got some weird interference. Is that you? I think it's oh, okay. my frozen too. Oh, shoot. Wait. No, that's not me. That's not me. Okay, we had some interference. Oh, sorry. Okay. Talk to you later. Love you. <laughs> okay. All right, well. <laughs> let, let's, let's okay, I'm let, back. Let, let's go ahead and wrap up today's session. You guys, I, I told Heidi, and, and this wasn't by her choice, I said, Let's not make this a really long one today because yesterday was a really, it was, it, was a, it was an important day. It was a big day, but it's a heavy day. And if you haven't been listening to our podcast for a while, or if you've never listened to any Brain Brown books, um, there's a thing called Vulnerability Hangover. And um, not only is Heidi the queen of quarantine right now, she's the queen of vulnerability hangovers. At the moment. <laughs> she's, uh, if, if vulnerability was a party, she, Heidi had drinking all the juice. <laughs> Well, I appreciate, um, I appreciate your thoughts, David. And, you know, I think that your suggestions are spot on. And, you know, in this, like, talk about heightened family relationship, (laughs) um, test, test piloting, you know, all of us are, we're in a, a much more pressure cooker situation than usual. And I think when you for me, when I talk about my, the kids, the siblings are just kind of, they kind of have it with each other. Um, <clears throat> so I appreciate your suggestions. I appreciate the reminder um, of just kind of letting your, your oldest kids kind of in on this little secret that, that you have with them, forming that bond that is a naturally born bond of, of being that hybrid child parent role which you know isn't comfortable and it's not easy so I I appreciate that and um you know to all of you who are listening to our to all of you who are who have been here who have heard heard me talk um throughout this journey I just want to thank you for listening and for showing up and for being encouraging and supporting. Um, I, I posted on my social media yesterday about Corey and um, just about how much we miss him. And the community that surrounds just lifting me up in prayer and in support is huge. And so if you don't know what you can do when somebody's struggling or suffering, um, you don't have to make anything. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to give them gifts, a simple text, a simple note that you leave under the, on the map, as you know, Something small that just says, you've been on my mind. I love you. I care about your family. Just know that somebody out here is praying for you. That is enough. Um, it means the world. And I want to I wanna thank you all for just you listening, being here, responding to comments, sending us messages, um, recommending the podcast to your friends, giving us reviews. You have made a huge, huge difference in my life and in my journey. Um, and I just, 
I'm forever thankful. On that list, is it okay if, are we allowed to send inappropriate memes to our friends that we know will make them laugh when they're sad? That- <laughs> 100%. Okay. Because all my friends, they got twisted sense of humor. Like, if I, if I was sensitive, they'd be like, really, what? I got to be inappropriate. And then they'll be like, the, you know, then they'll share their emotions. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever, Whatever it takes. You got to pull out all the stops, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, David. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Um, thanks for sharing this journey with me and for all that you've taught me and that by extension, we are able to teach others. I'm very thankful for that. So am I very thankful. So all of you out there in quarantine land that, um, that have had it, that are wondering how you're going to make it through, um, keep going, get creative. Um, be real with your people. It's okay to tell them what you're feeling so that they can tell you what they're feeling. Um, because you're in this, you're in this together. And, um, thank you for listening and for being here. And thank you forever for helping us to light the fight.